Well, good afternoon. Here we go. It's Friday, and uh, I think most people have knocked off for the working week. Weekend beckons. Going to be a nice one weather-wise, albeit a little chilly. With our final hour, Giorgio Mammoliti is going to join us here shortly. He's in tough. Apparently, as these new configured wards replicating the ridings in the province and federally, uh, they're going to set up some contests with incumbent versus incumbent and some uh, known names. And uh, inevitably, some people who have been around and playing the political game uh, municipally are going to take the fall. Giorgio now is, uh, he's kind of trailing in the uh, ward that he's representing. So uh, I wanted to get a sense from him with just three and a half weeks to go until the municipal election perhaps doesn't augur well for his future but uh he's gonna weigh in on that and give us a snapshot of how these candidates may be feeling the heat however on another matter we've been talking about this the last couple of days when global news did an investigation carolyn jarvis a three-part series on the opioid crisis that has roiled North America, and certainly uh, we're not immune from that. It seems even in our own midst, there are a lot of pharmacists. When I say a lot, I guess relatively speaking, it's not a grossly significant number, but it does have consequence. 1.5% of the pharmacists have been known to be involved in some kind of illicit trafficking of opioids, and uh, it means even staging robberies, like we had that individual pharmacist up in Ottawa. He was uh, found guilty and uh, sent to prison for 14 years. Last year, 17 pharmacists dispensed more than 10,000 maximum-strength oxycodone pills. Five pharmacists dispensed over 4,000 hydromorphone tablets, and three dispensed well over 1,000 maximum-strength fentanyl patches each. And there's absolutely no indication who those high-dispensing pharmacists are, and whether their conduct is even legitimate. Which begs the question, who is minding the store? Who's looking after the file? Andrea Horvath believes that this is an outrage that the Ontario government has dropped the ball on this file, and she has joined us, the leader of the Ontario NDP. The official opposition is with us on the line here on The Oakley Show. Ms. Horvath, good to have you back on the program. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. It's really a pleasure to be here with you. All right. So uh, this is an interesting question of whether or not uh, it's a matter of jurisdiction for the Ontario government, or is this a a federal matter, or is it something that should be governed and uh, taken care of by the Ontario College of Pharmacists? Whose role and responsibility? Well, I mean, I guess the biggest challenge that uh, we see is that nobody's stepping up uh, and the provincial uh, you know, body that uh, regulates or that it monitors narcotics does have uh, the responsibility to monitor what's going on. And then uh, if there is a, a, you know, some kind of further investigation warranted to pass that on to police. But unfortunately, we have a health minister who is saying that she doesn't think that that's her job. But in fact, it really is. Uh, the narcotic mon- narcotics monitoring system uh, didn't catch all of these things because it's basically a bunch of data that nobody's looking at and and that's a that's a shameful situation when we know uh, that um, that these kinds of uh, situations with with uh, addictions to these opioids ruin ruin lives i mean they the people's lives are lost families are ruined communities are impacted uh, that's why this monitoring system was put in place was exactly for this purpose was to catch uh, these bad apples and I, I mean i think it's important and you mentioned that and it's it's appropriate to, to mention that many pharmacists are fantastic they do their jobs with you know with uh, with the appropriate uh, 
uh, you know, amount of responsibility and, uh, and, and, you know, they care for people as part of a healthcare system, but it's these bad apples uh, that uh, the monitoring system was supposed to um, catch and it's not being caught. But, but more worrisome is the fact that our health minister currently doesn't think it's her responsibility when in fact it is. All right. And just as a footnote, the scourge that has plagued us all here with opioid, opioid related cases They've surged, killing nearly 4,000 last year, and uh, deaths have doubled in the last five years, rising from 639 in 2013 to 1,265 in 2017. Now, this narcotics monitoring system was set up by the Liberals in 2012. Are you suggesting that it's uh, not doing its job, it's not stringent enough, or it's just they're not paying attention to the data? They're not paying attention. I mean, so they're, the data is being produced, but nobody's, as you said in the intro to the, uh, this discussion, nobody's minding the store. What's the point of data if it's not going to be utilized? Uh, what's the point of having uh, this um, understanding that we're in a, an opioid crisis uh, if nobody's going to actually do anything proactive to try to address it? And so, you know, to have a government that's cut mental health funding and addictions funding, a, a government who, who's got a health minister who's saying that this is not her job, um, uh, it, it's, it's very, very problematic. I mean, we, we need more funding for mental health and addictions, not less. We need, we need to actually have a government step up and declare that this is a health emergency, uh, and, and that way the resources and the focus, John, the focus uh, will, will become uh, uh, much more... Um, you know, much more pinpointed uh, to what we need to do uh, to address uh, the concerns. And, and, you know, when, when we look at the, the monitoring system particularly, um, and uh, uh, what we need to do is make sure that it's actually doing what it's supposed to do, which is not just monitor, but then use the data to make change happen, right, to, to change the outcomes. So is it a matter of money and resources? Well, you know, I, I think what we need to do is take a hard look at that monitoring system and, and, and you know, and the, the opioid tax, task force that was struck to find out why they didn't catch the crimes, like why they have not caught these, uh, these pharmacists. I mean, if the data is there, why aren't we actually doing what needs to be done uh, to use that data to, 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 to as I said, to, to make a change? I mean, and what really needs to happen is the Minister of Health needs to get engaged on this file and not simply slough it off uh, as it not being her job. Well, all right, but she does say, and this is a quote, the system we have set up in Ontario was never meant to deal with the use and distribution and disabuse of medications. That's a federal responsibility. But she's wrong. I mean, and it's worrisome that she's wrong because, in fact, uh, as, uh, as, you know, the... Uh, uh, as the the documentation is clear, uh, as Ms. Jarvis actually was, you know, clearly showing, uh, you know, not only me but uh, you know the the uh, the rest of Ontario, uh, it is very very clear that the narcotics monitoring system is report is responsible for reporting possible criminal conduct to law enforcement agencies. That's exactly in the, the, you know, the description of what this monitoring uh, um, agency is all about. And so that sounds completely opposite from what Ms. Elliott said, what the minister said, but it does say that it's supposed to report possible criminal conduct to law enforcement agencies, and it's, it's not doing that. Well, the people who govern the frontline workers, i.e. the pharmacists, is the college, the Ontario College of Pharmacists, so uh, wouldn't the buck stop and start with them? 
you know, there's no doubt that the college is, needs to be in, engaged in the conduct of their uh, of their members. And so, when uh, when members are found to be, you know, not uh, you know behaving in the way that's appropriate for their profession, that's certainly something that the college needs to address. But we have specifically uh, identified an opioid crisis for years now. Uh, the government of, of the day put this monitoring system in place for the, exactly for the purposes of monitoring how how much uh, how many how many or the quantity of opioids uh, are that are being distributed. What's the point of doing that if you don't then take the next step, which is to report? possible criminal conduct to law enforcement agencies. So what we, we gather the data and we see that there are these pharmacists that are, uh, you know, that are, I'm not going to review or, or re- repeat this, the uh, numbers that you uh, identified, but where there are thousands, literally thousands of prescriptions walking out the door, uh, and that should be caught somehow. It shouldn't just be generated in terms of information. Uh, it should be identified as as uh, as an outlier as as problematic and then the follow-up needs to happen uh in other words the dots need to be connected from the fact that there's this handful of uh, uh pharmacists that are undertaking this activity that looks really suspicious but we're just going to ignore it nobody really cares and so let's just not do anything about it absolutely opposite uh, what that monitoring system is supposed to do is then take that information and put it into the hands of law enforcement so that the follow-up can happen and the uh, investigations can occur and 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 if charges are warranted charges are laid and most importantly that behavior is stopped well the global news investigative report by carolyn jarvis found that uh, only three percent of pharmacies in ontario were inspected in 2016-17 according to a Health Canada report, and currently there's no requirement to report suspicious opioid deliveries to pharmacies. So again, is that on the province or is that a Health Canada mandate? You know what, I would say that at this point in time, that's why we have to have the uh, emergency uh, uh, declared. There has to be a declaration of a health emergency here so that everybody stands to attention. And whether that's Health Canada, uh, whether that's the Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, uh, you know, whether that's the college, the problem is uh, everybody's pointing a finger at each other and we continue to have, uh, you know, people lose their lives uh, with the uh, opioid uh, overdoses, with uh, with drugs that are that are laced uh, with um, uh, you know with unexpected opioids like fentanyl and carfentanyl. Uh, I mean, we continue to have the same um, you know the same horror story playing over and over again. It's, I don't think it's helpful for everybody to point fingers at each other. I think we need to declare the health emergency. We need to invest in mental health and addictions. And each one of the people, or each one of the agencies or organizations or orders of government that has a, a, a part to play in turning this around for, for you know what, John, for everyone. I mean, look, the, the addiction problem is not... Uh, discriminatory in terms of who it can affect. It, it's not discriminatory in terms of, of age, in terms of income, in terms of life circumstances, in terms of race. Anybody uh, can end up having uh, these kinds of addictions. And so what we need to do is acknowledge that we have a crisis here and, and everybody should be operating to the, uh, you know, to the very limit of, of what uh, capacity they have to start turning this around because it as i said it, it's killing people it's ruining lives it's destroying families it's creating uh, havoc in communities uh, we we have an obligation to get uh, to get on top of this all right would you empower by the way the college of pharmacists to uh 
effect more stringent penalties on their members who are in dereliction of their duty when it comes to uh, maybe letting these things get out, uh, in, including staged robberies where they can't account for the number of uh, doses that have been taken? Some, In some cases, I mean, that's the whole front or the scam that they're perpetrating. Uh, do you think, again, this gets back to the College of Pharmacists having more power to control their members? Well, I mean, I, I, one of the, I think, challenges that that, uh, that we have is that there's that these things don't come to light until, you know, until until so many other uh, problems have occurred uh, and uh, and issues have uh, have resulted in so much devastation. What, what I believe is, yes, the college needs to be absolutely uh, making sure that their members are um, are meeting their professional standards. Uh, I think when a pharmacist are uh, are you know charged and found guilty of and jailed for this kind of activity uh, there needs to be a real kind of look at whether or not that person uh, should be able to ever you know continue to be a pharmacist uh, you know because we know that those are those are challenges that occur as well uh, I mean, the world has changed quite a bit over the last number of years and as i said just like health canada just like christine elliott our minister of health uh, and, and just like the um, you know and and, and and when it comes to the uh, uh, the college everybody needs to stand up and take some responsibility here uh, to turn this around because uh, too many lives are being ruined well now that it's been drawn to our attention obviously uh, we'll focus more scrutiny on it and see if we can come around to some kind of a satisfactory solution or to alleviate uh, much of the tragic outcome. Thank you so much, Andrea, for your time. My pleasure. My pleasure, John. Take care. Have a good weekend. And you, Andrea Horvath, is the leader of the, on deep, uh, the Ontario NDP, the official opposition.